0: guys, welcome to the Horror Movie Podcast. This week we have a very special guest. It's Dangerous Danny Davis. If you grew up watching wrestling in the 80s and 90s like I did, you will remember Dangerous Danny Davis first as Mr. X, then as the evil referee that we all hated, Danny Davis. And then he became the in-ring wrestler, Dangerous Danny Davis, where he teamed with the Hart Foundation, Bret Hart, Jim the Animal, Night Jimmy Hart, and he also uh, wrestled many, many people. Tito Santana, British Bulldog, the list goes on. He has a great book coming out. He is at WrestleCon this week. Uh, leading up to WrestleMania, here he is, Dangerous Danny Davis. All right. Danny, thanks for coming on today. Uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Dangerous Danny Davis. My gosh. Uh, Danny, thank you so much for
1: coming on. Oh, please. It's my pleasure, Jack um so we are
0: like if we talked about this we're the horrible movie podcast but i am a huge wrestling fan um uh we talked about this earlier when i talked to you about uh i i apologize in advance if i mark out a little bit talking to you That's... um so just you know i apologize in advance so um
1: no problems just just uh, be yourself and Thank you for being a fan. Without fans, we're nothing. You don't understand that. That's awesome. Any business, any sports, any sports entertainment businesses, there's nothing without their fans, and we've got the greatest fans in the world, including yourself. That's cool. Right here. Yes, sir.
0: Um, I want you to tell folks, you've got a new book coming out, and that's coming out in April?
1: Um, Yes, yes. Uh, Well, we're going to debut it at WrestleMania weekend at the uh, WrestleCon.
2: Ooh, quick. And
1: I'm with uh, Kenny, uh, Scott Wilder Promotions down there, and he's got a, uh, going to have a table at the Sheraton Hotel on the sixth, seventh, and eighth in New Orleans. That's so and cool. And well, with me, there's going to be guys like Coco Beware, One Man Gang as as One Man Gang, and then as a team. Oh wow! And then Tugboat is going to be with be come back with Typhoon and, yeah. and Sharkmaster. Each day is going to be a different character. Bobby Fulton, Nikolai Volkov, and of course Corporal Kershner, and myself. So where I'm going to debut my book. Yes. And the name of my book is Mr. X, this the real story of dangerous danny davis it's not just a wrestling book it's not another wrestling book i just want the fans to know that it's a book of inspiration it's an inspirational book for young people and young adults who have dreams and i have come up a hard way in my lifetime as a kid and i've come up through the ranks in wrestling into the one of the greatest spectator sports there is in in, in the world up to wrestlemania 3 if people were around then that time. Remember Mm -hmm. I worked my way up into that and I became, and I was in one of the biggest cards ever in wrestling history. So anybody can do that. And it comes with a lot of hard work. Now this book is, uh, uh, can be, can be purchased on dangerous, Danny com. We have some other, other features there and we have other books. The Kamala book is there. And, uh, and Bruce the Barber Beefcake book is going to be on there, but I hope you buy mine. Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and this book is a really an inspirational book for young people. Anybody can read this. You don't have to be a fan to read this book because it's not all about wrestling. As I say, it's an. Uh, I know I keep repeating myself, but I'm so excited about this book. Here's a kid from the streets who came up through the wrestling ranks, made it to the top, and now he's writing a book about it all. So awesome. I hope these the fans. Uh, uh, even yourself will take time and buy this book or even come down to WrestleMania weekend and meet us there. Well, I'll be debuting my book and you will be the first ones to get my book signed right down That's there cool. in WrestleMania. That's cool. Um, I'll
0: tell you, you, uh, talked about coming up the hard way. Uh, now am I right? Were you, 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 I don't want to say you lived on the streets, but I mean, you, you came up tough. I mean, can you tell folks a little bit about, uh, your beginnings?
1: Well, in the beginning of my lifetime unfortunately, I was a street kid uh, uh my family was big and uh I, when I was very young, i had to learned to make my way as a very young child a kid, child is what i was
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh it was in a it was in a big city and uh what I had to do was learn to survive and Today is a little different. kids survive every day I know uh, on the streets. And it's hard for them, but each generation has their own way of having to live on the streets and uh, my way was was no easier or no harder than anybody else. Mm. however, you know when you when you become a street kid, you learn to see opportunities in different ways and and take advantage of those opportunities as that come along mm-hmm. and what happened to me was I was able to get into the wrestling business with some luck and some uh, uh, uh I would say strategy, I guess, <laughs> to get into the, the wrestling business. Right. And after I did, I, and when I saw opportunities where others didn't, I took advantage of those opportunities. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, the rest is history. I, was a, I, you know, I started putting rings up, and then I started doing concessions and taking tickets and selling tickets and setting up chairs, whatever needed to be done. And that's called hard work. Mm-hmm. And that's what dreams are made of, hard work. You know, it's not something that happens by magic. You have to work hard at what you want, but you can do it. And first of all, you have to believe in yourself. And don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. I would I would like to have a dollar for everybody who told me the day I told them that I was going to someday be in a wrestling world and somebody someday I would be in that ring and people would be watching me wrestle. People told me that I would never do it. It never could be done, and they kept putting me down for it. But I did it, and anybody that can do it, if they just – have confidence in himself, and it takes a lot of hard work.
0: Well, and you did it on the biggest stage possible. How did you get hooked on uh, with the WWE originally?
1: Well, again, I was putting up rings for a guy who, in them days, the territories was very, very small. And we were mostly local venues. I mean, within it was from Maine to Philadelphia, and we didn't go any further west, and we didn't go any further north or south. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'd go up to Bangor and Waterville, Maine, and up in that area. Are
0: you
2: talking about – And then we
1: would uh, go down to Philadelphia. Vin, is that Vince no, Senior's original territory? That was Vince Senior. That was yeah. Vince Senior, WWWF. Right. And there were two promoters in here that, that ran the territory. It was Bob Harmon and Ernie Ross. And yeah. everybody knows Ernie Ross was a grand wizard. And Bob yeah. Harmon was a uh, beautiful Bobby. <laughs> he wrestled in his time. He was from Ohio. And they took me under their wing and uh, – Again, I started setting up rings in town to town, and uh, uh, finally the guy who I was working for that owned the truck that pulled the ring got fired, Hmm. and they offered me the job. Again, an opportunity. I took advantage of that opportunity. I said, sure, I'll do that. And I never missed a town. I was at every town, no matter what, if I got a flat tire, I had some experience fixing cars, so if something happened, I could get to the town one way or the other, or I had to rent a vehicle, rent another truck. I got there somehow, Mm -hmm. and uh, we always made the venues, and when I got there, I'd set up the rings, set up the chairs, and then I, you know, and uh, when it was over, I would take it all down and move to the next town, and it was very little pay. It wasn't, you know, big money. You know, they would pay for the gas, but you would have to pay for your room and your food and stuff like that. And it was, it was minimal pay.
0: And be multiple uh, guys hold up uh, in one uh, place, right? Yeah.
1: As as I said, you had, you you had to work. It was hard work. It's work ethic that you had to have. And you you had to have that up, that, that, that push, that drive to want to make it.
0: No, no handouts. Right. Right. Danny. None, never,
1: never a handout. You you work for every dime you made. You wouldn't, you wouldn't want one. You have a, you have a dream. You have to believe in yourself. You have to know that everything you do is working towards that dream.
0: I remember being an eight, eight year old, nine year old and uh dangerous Danny Davis is a wrestler. But I do remember before that you as a referee, uh, and I remember you as a, just a, just a referee, you know, doing your thing. And then all of a sudden you're an evil referee, which is one of the best uh, angles I can imagine. Like it is, <laughs> <laughs> now, i remember being young and being like i i, I read this somewhere where you, where you were like and I, I again non-wrestling people using wrestling terms I, it probably makes you cringe but uh you getting heat from people because you're this evil referee uh, what what was that like to walk around uh you know in around civilians and them be like i hate you danny davis
1: <laughs> well when people tell me that they tell me that today in fact i was on a on a talk show the other day. And so someone called up, we were taking phone calls and someone said, I hated you so much. I hated you with all my heart. And I said, listen, if you hated me, I did my job. Doing your job. That was the whole idea. I mean, uh, I didn't want you to like me, but uh, yeah. it was all right because every time somebody says that, you know, you say, well, I'm doing my job, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, that's what they're supposed to do. They're not supposed to like me. And that just evolved naturally. I was not uh, trying to become a heel referee. Mm-hmm. I was just calling it, calling the matches. Uh, unlike the other referees, I wasn't afraid to get heat with the fans. I wasn't afraid to be, you know, have the fans dislike me and stuff like that. Where the other referees, yeah. a lot of them didn't like that. They, they wouldn't, wouldn't do that stuff. I remember, and It just evolved naturally. Yeah.
0: I remember. Uh, you and you would sell people wrestlers putting their hands on you. You would sell that so well, like you're. You would just be like. I mean, you would disqualify guys sometimes for them putting their hands on you, right? And I just found that.
1: That's, yeah, that's how that started. That's how the disqualification started. You know, it used to be you push a ref around or, you know, do anything to the ref you wanted to. And when I started ringing the bell and stuff like that, I was afraid at times, you know, to do that. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, when they get in the back, uh, I, I don't know who it was, one of the, one of the agents said, look, he's right. If you're going to do that, he's going to disqualify. And, and then it started, they started telling other referees do, to do that. They mm-hmm. said, if they put their hands on you, if they don't kick out, you count three, Right. you know, and that, that legitimizes the whole business. Yeah, you know, that's and that's if they, they hit you, you get up and disqualify them. If that's they that's don't, you count them out of the ring. They know they got to tend to get back in the ring. If they don't get back in the ring, ring the bell. We're going to legitimize this stuff. And that's how I started that. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: So when you you uh you started wrestling as Mr. X, who who trained you initially or are you just I mean you have an athletic background. I mean your your athleticism was obvious. I, I went back on the WWE network and watched some of your work just like the other day and man you're a natural or who trained you? I'm, it's awesome.
1: Well, I was in the wrestling business a long time before I became a referee. I mean, and all oh, Mister X. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are a few guys when we used to set up the ring. Guys would come in early before the matches, and they would work out in the ring. And the only natural thing for me to do was to get in there with them. And, and of course, I was a lot small and, and younger then. Mm-hmm. And they would show me moves, and I would watch them and stuff like that. And then after I uh, became a interested in that and finding out that, you know, I could do that stuff. Uh, guys started taking me under their wing. I would go to the gym with them and work out with them if I was in the town early enough. And then they would work out with me in the ring, you know, mm-hmm. and, and help me out. And there was a wrestler named Rick McGraw, who I don't know if anybody remembers him, but he was uh, in, the, in the 80s and 90s with me. And he took me under his wing. And we would do independent shows on weekends when we have time off. And he would him and I would work together actually in a ring in front of a crowd, hmm. and uh, and I would go as Mister X, and I kind of learned that way. And then, of course, as Mister X, uh, you also learn even more. Do as it were, be, as they call it today, enhancer. In My day it was called a Java. <laughs> <laughs> you were doing jobs for him. But when people started asking for me and say, "Yeah, can I work with Danny? Can yeah. I work with Danny?" That's a compliment, man. You've made it. You know so. Uh, that's how I learned, you know, them guys helped me out and, uh, I put them over and yeah. I, I, again, opportunity opened up and I took it full advantage of it and I, I was good. Now you see Mr. X was just like everybody else putting people over, you know, the athleticism, as you say, mm-hmm. but when you look at Danny Davis, his character was completely different. He was a big mouth coward, you know, <laughs> and it wouldn't have worked any other way, even though I had the, uh, the, uh, the, the techniques and the, uh, ability to do all that stuff I, we had to change it around a little bit so that you know what we were doing would work
0: cool i uh like i said i was totally bought into your character i thought the uh i mean I it's not that i hated it's not ne- at no point in my life was I like oh wrestling it's a real fight happening but I, yes, love the, I, the, I love the athleticism of it and i love just being uh, people being able to put together matches and the guys that could really work. It's always obvious, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, you, the, the referee, uh, the evil referee stuff kind of set the tone for your career from that point on. Would you say that?
1: Uh, as a referee, you mean,
0: well, as a re- well, well, I'm saying you, you, you become an evil referee and then you're working with the heart foundation and you're working with all these guys and that, that, that kind of, uh, that kind of—I uh, don't want to say stepped your career up, but hey, you're you're uh, you're on the fast track. I mean, you're in you're on uh, Survivor
1: Series, and you're on you're on TV a lot more, correct? Well, the, yeah, right. The thing is, when they in those days, when they gave you an opportunity, they gave you the opportunity, and you do with it what you can. Yeah. And, and as you pointed out, due to my you know Mr. X background and stuff like that, I had the ability to do it. They gave me the ball. I could carry it. I was gonna, you know, I was gonna make touchdowns with it. I was gonna do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they asked me to do that and put me in that position, they were while watching me. Everybody was watching me to see if I could do it. And was I gonna fail? It was a possibility, but I didn't think so. I had confidence in myself, and right. I know I worked hard to get where I was. Right. And it, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna let this opportunity to go by. It, I'm gonna work as hard. It came to me, uh, a wrestler who was a lot older than I was and said, look, I want to tell you something. If you go out there and there's 10 people in that audience, I want you to work just as hard for those 10 people as you would if it was 10,000 people. Right. If you keep that in mind, if you keep that in your mind, every time you step into that ring, then you'll have success in this business. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was just one of the keys. So when I went out there, I gave my whole soul, heart and soul to that, that match. No matter what they wanted me to do, I would, you know, find a way to, and, uh, entertain those those people that worked hard for those and that's what he said these people work hard for their money and they're not rich people when these fans come in they deserve the best so you give them the best mm-hmm. if you know every day whether you're sick or not and that's what always stayed in the back of my mind I think that helped me through my career
0: uh, you're talking about uh, but, oh,
1: go ahead. plus I was around people who had the f- same uh, theory you know that they would go out there and work their butt off
0: every night. Uh so you're talking about uh performing in front of, you know, 10 people or 10,000 people. What about uh 93,000 people at the Pontiac Silverdome? So you're it's March 29th, 1987. Uh and you're refereeing, right? At 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 uh WrestleMania 3. In front of 9 No, 90- I'm
1: not re- I'm wrestling at WrestleMania 3.
0: At, at WrestleMania 3. So you're wrestling there. Sure. Uh, what's it like to perform in front of that many people?
1: Isn't that something?
0: That's unbelievable.
1: (laughs) That that was outrageous, man. (laughs) When I got on that cot and I went out there and I just looked around, man, you know you made it. You know, There's no other feeling in the world. It's hard to describe. How do you describe uh, living a dream to somebody? How do you describe (laughs) that emotion, that that, that adrenaline that's pumping through your body when you see those fans up there? And then, you know, to get a win in that situation. Right on. Uh, the biggest card in history. And there you are, you know, a kid from the streets not too long ago worked his way up to the ranks with a lot of hard work and and struggle. And I mean, it wasn't, you know, it's a lonely place. You know, the dream world is a lonely place. When you achieve a dream, you earned it. You know, you've lost a lot. You know, your friends, uh, you lose contact with friends and family. You miss Christmases and holidays and your kids' first steps and all that stuff. It's not an easy thing. But if you want it, bad enough it can happen
0: (laughs) so uh i mean what's the sound what's the sound of that many people like i mean nothing
1: i I can nothing 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 i can explain nothing i can say is uh, going to uh make people understand how it Feels to to hear those people. It's like an echo, and you know, in your head, it's like something you always remember. I can hear, remember the bell ringing. I can remember the fans cheering. I can, but I, you know, it's just something you do, you have to experience for yourself. And that's what my book tries to, to bring out. That you know, this is possible, and, and and you know, it's there's no other feeling. The sound of those fans. there was so many. It was just so many that it was just uh, uh, amazing. As I don't know how other. I mean, any other word to explain it other than amazing. Yeah. And, and, you know, you're just in this, it's like a dream.
0: <laughs> you, uh, you, I could go down the list of people you've worked with, you've worked with um, angles and worked with, you know, on a, on a daily basis, you know, week in and week out with Hulk Hogan and Bret Hart and Jake, the snake Roberts and Roddy, Roddy Piper. And like I said, you could add in, in you know, fill in the blank with <laughs> just everybody. Right. <laughs>
1: Isn't that great? It's Isn't amazing. that great? I worked with the, 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 you know, the cream of the crop. You know, I mean, George Judge Steele. We had a, we <laughs> had, a, we had a little <laughs> run with George Steele, Sam Houston. You know, just, yeah. uh, all of uh, uh, them. Even uh, yeah. uh, Macho Man. You know, the Bulldogs. You know, right. I even worked with a fellow named Butcher Paul Vachon from the Vachon family mm, up in Canada. Okay. Can Is you that imagine that? I'm, I'm in the ring. With, yeah. I'm in the ring with my heroes. Is that of my L- of my childhood, is that feeling? You know, I don't know how I was explain it. Just to be in the ring with them, it was awesome. You know, it's just it's just a great, great feeling. Yeah. Uh, and, and the respect that they gave you and gave me in that ring, and the respect that I had for them, it's just it's just amazing that I was even. You know the shock of it even <laughs> you people would say how do you do that how do you just go out there and, and, and work a match and yeah. and you know you, you're out there as i said with your heroes you, you guys you wa people you watched on tv people you you know emulated throughout your life and here you are they say you're going to go work with you know uh macho man you're going to go uh, out there and work with paul vachon you're going to go out there and work with jake the snake roberts you yeah. know iron mike shop you know yeah. who's Hey, it's, it's amazing. It's you, just, it's just fantastic.
0: You stole uh, Jake, the Snake's snake. If I remember correctly from the angle. So
1: yeah, yeah. Jake, the snake robbers. Yep. Yeah. You stole, you stole, and, uh, yeah. you know, his brother, Sam Houston, I don't know if anybody related knew that they right. were related, but we had a run with, with Sam Houston, his brother. Mm-hmm. That was a wrestling family. Ricky steamboat.
2: <laughs> Ricky Gosh.
1: steamboat. I was in the ring with him. Right. I mean, uh, all the greats, all and, the greats. You name them, I was in right, there with Tony Yeah, you got, and you've got <laughs> wins.
0: you got wins over uh, 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 David Boy Smith, the British Bulldog, and Tito Santana. Which is like, again, that's got to be just unbelievable. So,
1: not that something? Yes, awesome. Tito Santana. He's still working today. He's, yeah. he's one of the greats. It's one of the all-time greats. And those, again, those are the people I used to watch. You know, uh, and emulate. And, and it was to. Uh, when they said as Mr. X you're gonna go out and work with so-and-so tonight whoever it was th- th- it's just pride mm-hmm. it's just you know and again it goes back to what I was saying earlier you know you you worked hard for it it's a dream and you're fulfilling dreams and it's mm-hmm. happening mm-hmm. so fast and I thought I fulfilled my dream of being a wrestler when I became mr. X right. and can you imagine can you imagine how I felt when they said you're no longer mr. X you're now dangerous Danny Davis and yeah. here's what we're gonna do yeah you know?
0: exactly who did you uh who did you enjoy working with the most? Is there anyone that just sticks out that you're like that run and that you know uh that rivalry was the main one or even people you were able to work with like uh Jimmy Hart or you know uh Bret Hart or any any of those guys uh who did you enjoy maybe the most working with or a, a couple of them
1: Well yeah Ricky the Dragon Steamboat oh, cool. working with him in the ring or or even it, it was just fantastic uh, you know, Mike Rotundo, I don't know if uh, he was, he was another great guy to work with. I mean, he was so smooth, but I think, you know, Jake, the snake Robertson, uh, macho man, even Lanny Poffle was yeah. good honky tonk, man. He was great. <laughs> I mean, to pick one, you know, Kurt Henning, you know, yeah. all of them. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing that, you know, uh, all these people were, you know, part of my life and, uh, I was part of their life. Yeah for a short time and you're part of and, that uh, yeah. still it's still a uh, you know uh something that nobody no matter what happens to you in your life can take away from you
0: is there one of those is there uh one of those guys that kind of universally all all of you all that you guys were back you know uh backstage or is there one of those guys that everyone universally is like that's the best technician or that's the best uh i mean i don't want to say overall wrestler but you know to that effect who's the best kind of worker i don't know again that's wrestling terms from my, my, uh, uh, me saying it, but.
1: Well, the the best, they were all great workers. You couldn't pick one guy and say he's better than the other. Each one had their, their, uh, their, their stick, you know, right. as, as they say, each one had their way of working with you. You know, some guys worked snug, which, which meant, you know, you, you laid, the, you laid the shots in mm-hmm. a little bit. Other guys didn't want you to touch them, you know, real light. Roddy Piper was great to work with in that respect. You know, he didn't, Whatever you gave out, he he was willing to work with you. Uh, but you had, <laughs> there were some guys there that were, uh, you know, everybody were was a little uh, cautious of, not afraid of, but cautious of because they were a little wild and and uh, but everybody worked together, man, because we yeah. were, you know, that was the day, that was wrestling's day. I mean, in them years, nobody's going to duplicate what we did. Right. That that era will stand forever. Here we are for 35 years later, still talking about right. it. I'm writing a book about it 30 years later. Do you understand? I, and, remember. You know, I remember. Today's product, today's product, are we going to be talking about this 40 years from now? Are we going to be talking about what's happening now? Are we, we going to be no. you know, no. on to something else? I don't think so. No. That was the time of wrestling. I mean, to be in that era, yeah, nothing like it. Nothing like it. Well, it, like it. There's never going to be duplicated, in my opinion, right. and that's just speculation on my part. But I, unless they something, some group, something, some miracle happens, or, or something great happens in the wrestling world, I don't think that that time will ever be duplicated again. And you have to, you have to give that to the guys who are out there breaking their box every day yeah. and taking the bumps every night to entertain the folks. But without the fans yes. following us and supporting us. We might as well be home, you know, watching uh, cartoons.
0: <laughs> <laughs> which you could, which you could do in the '80s on uh, rock and wrestling, because that's how. Yeah, that's, that's right. How, yeah, that's yeah, how much. I guess you're right.
1: Yeah, th- that's we how did much, everything, yeah. didn't we? Everything. We made, it, we made music. Yeah. We made cartoons. We did Absolutely. everything. Yes.
0: And it and it permeated all of pop culture. And you've got rock rock and roll people, and hey hey Liberace was even there. So I'm just saying, it's one of those where. <laughs> oh yeah. It was one of those Liberace, where Liberace. Yes. Every, yeah. But everyone wanted a piece of it. that. That just I remember being being younger and and little and thinking, "Hey, this everybody wants a part of this, and this is why it's important to me because everyone wants on board." And so, you, man, Danny, you are you're in the middle the middle of the golden the golden age, right there, man. I mean, people can talk and about
1: Donald Trump. Donald Trump was even there. Many one of the WrestleManias down in New yeah, Jersey, right? Uh, right so. Yeah, Donald Trump. He shaved, know, shaved, his hes head. the president of the United States now. And I met him; I shook hands with him. It's crazy! And some guy took pictures of me with him, and I still ain't got the pictures. But anyway, well,
0: hey, they're floating <laughs> around the internet somewhere. I'm sure they're around the internet somewhere. Uh, uh,
1: uh. Isn't it? Isn't it amazing though? You, you get—it's just amazing to live in that time, and as you pointed out, to be a big part of that. You know, awesome. to to be, even be in, in the same in the same uh, uh, conversation as as the Hulk Hogan's and the George yeah. Steele's and the, and the, and the macho man, Randy Savage, the honky tonk man, Jimmy hot mm-hmm. to be in the same, in the same uh, conversation is, is, is something fantastic. And that's a dream. That's the dream. I lived. I succeeded in, in making a dream. And now I'm writing a book, which yeah. is another dream of mine.
0: That's
2: awesome.
1: that, you know, and the fans have supported me, you know, we had a Kickstarter. We made our goal. and We had like 16 hours left, you know, before you know, before the thing was up, and we already had made our goal. You know, it was it was just fantastic how the fans remember. And now at Wrestle WrestleCon at, down at WrestleMania weekend in New Orleans, I can't imagine the amount of fans that are going to be there. So I better bring plenty of books. You should.
0: Are you are you pretty <laughs> pretty excited about WrestleCon?
1: Are you kidding me? I'm, oh well, yeah, we're gonna. There's, there's was, so many people going to be there. I mean, just, not just us. Other other uh, promoters, other promotions are bringing people in. You know, it's going to be. Uh, you know, it's, I don't know. Another exciting time in, in the storyline of Dangerous Danny Davis. I guess I'll always be Dangerous Danny Davis. You will for the, be, yeah. You know, for the, for the rest of my life. And uh, or Mr. X, whoever you prefer. But uh, if you, you know, it's, it's just I don't know. It's awesome. I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't know what words to put into it other than exciting. Yeah, but... uh, and and to be there. That's, if you're not there, you're gonna miss it, and that's it.
0: That's a, it's going to be a huge event and, uh, WrestleMania in New Orleans, uh, at the Superdome. It's going to be phenomenal. And, uh, do you have, uh, do you have any social media that
1: folks can follow you at or is there a way? Yes, I do. Well, you know, they can like me on, on, uh, on Facebook, dangerous Danny Davis. Okay. And, uh, I always, I always converse with people and I, all day long, I'm on that thing, you know, and that's the way I prefer it. Cool. I know people use the the kids use Twitter and Facebook, but you can share that with your friends on Twitter and Facebook and let them know that my book is, uh, you know, you can order my book if you miss the, uh, Kickstarter and dangerousdandydavis.com. There's a, you know, you can go on there and order the book and I got some pictures there, some autograph pictures and all that stuff over there. So that's the place to go.
2: Awesome. And,
1: uh Anybody who wants to talk to me, uh, just go to Facebook, like me, and, and send me a little uh, note, and I'll get back to you. We'll that's talk. Awesome. You know, cool. say hi, even whatever. Well,
0: uh, and uh, your book's also available w W-O-H, o h uh, w o h w dot com. Correct? That's the
1: publisher. Well, that's the publisher. That's uh, Kenny Casanova. W o h w publishing. Yes, sir. But he's he's. You can get it there, and uh, again, you can get it. But. Uh, uh, He's with me on that on that Davis dot com on the okay. web. Cool. We set that up the other day All after right. the uh, Kickstarter got because people were still calling. People wanted to you know calling Help me out. saying I'm trying yeah. to get on Kickstarter. I said it's over. You know you missed it. <laughs> and uh, so how do I get the book? They said so I, we so we hooked it up on davis dot com so that anybody can order the book now yeah. with pictures and stuff like that. Just not going to be dinners with me and stuff like that, but you can still get the book. And, uh, you know, you, the book will be uh, out on April 2nd. I'm supposed to get it out. Okay. The first uh, uh, boxing will be coming to my house around April 2nd. We're awesome. going to bring them down to, uh, again, to WrestleCom. That's and there should be plenty of books for everybody. So don't be afraid to order them. And as fast as you order them, I'll sign them and send them out if that's what you want.
0: Well, we're going to uh, definitely share it out on our, on our social media stuff. Danny, I'm telling you, brother, we are uh... – You've made you've made my uh, month for sure, and uh, I bet uh, people at WrestleCon are going to have a great time getting to hang out with Dangerous Danny Davis. Uh, you you the I, man, Danny?
1: I'm gonna no, please, Jack. You people again. I got to say this one more time. I say it every time, and I make sure I say it. I just want to thank the fans. They're the greatest fans in the world. By none, any sport. The wrestling fans of yesterday and even today, from what I understand, are the greatest, and I just want to thank them. That's awesome. Well,
0: Danny, thank you so much for coming on. You are always welcome to come on. If and I know, like I said, we're the horrible movie podcast. Uh, if you ever want to come back on, if you think of a horrible movie or you just want to rip on a movie you've seen and just you know talk about it, that's fine too. We 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 kid around a lot, so it's not like we're just ripping on people and the hard work they put into it. We just have fun. And, uh, that's great. Yeah, buddy. So you, um, uh, you got a friend over here, man. So you just, uh, let us know. Same here,
1: Jack. It's just, it's always a pleasure to make new friends. And thank you very much for having me on. You're a great
0: guy. Thank you, sir. We'll see you soon. All right. Thank you. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. What a great uh, conversation with Danny Davis. Um, I want you to understand something, Phil, in talking to Danny, it was like, uh, A piece of my childhood talking to Danny. I know it sounds weird. People listening are like, "Man, what a moron to say something like that." But I don't know what to equate it to you for for you. uh, What what the equivalent would be? Um, I I love wrestling and being able to talk to, uh, especially old school type wrestling, uh, old school wrestling, uh, and getting you know to talk to Danny was awesome. Uh, Thoughts on our conversation we had
3: it was great. And as you know, I, I haven't really followed wrestling. Like I, I got into wrestling because you got me into wrestling a few years ago. So I, I wasn't familiar with him, but going back and listening or watching some of his old footage from WrestleMania three and other things he's done, like, it was really cool. Like he's a legit guy. And, um, you know, that, that phrase, like never meet your heroes. Like, it just doesn't apply to him. Like he's, he's just like a really cool guy, you know? Um, I you know, I, I, I think he's, stand-up, and he's done a lot for the industry to kick it off, so he talked about the glory days of, like, the you know, the 80s, 90s, those days, and stuff yeah. like that, and, it, and it's true, like, it's, we'll never get back to that, that time. Like, yeah. modern wrestling, will never. Right,
0: and wrestling now is uh, in, in competition with so many other things. Uh, wrestling, um, very rarely, it never, when I was younger, it never really came to West, West Plains was the biggest town it would have actually come to, and I don't ever remember it really coming to West Plains. Then it's actually come through West Plains a little bit. They've got the West Plains Civic Center there, and that came in oh, late, mid to late nineties, and it seats three or four thousand people. So that made sense for wrestling. To it makes sense for wrestling to make a stop, like the WWE stopped there probably four or five months ago, <clears throat> as an in between time. You know they go to St. Louis, they go to Kansas City, they go to Tulsa, they go to Little Rock, they go to Jonesboro, like so. All these towns are kind of in that qu- quadrant, so they'll stop there. So, but growing up, there wasn't a big, a big enough arena to have something like that in. Uh, and we, we definitely were going to go. We weren't going to drive 120 miles to Springfield, 110 miles to Springfield, <coughs> to come to a show. My parents would never have done that. Um, but uh, live. Wrestling still was a big part of my life because I just watched would watch it on the USA Network, uh, and WWF at the time was on the the was on the USA Network. I watched a ton of uh, WCW, and before that, technically, I guess it was uh, I guess it was technically Jim Crockett that was on TBS the Superstation, and then WCW, which WCW would be like the NWO, and uh, that was a little later, but like Sting, Ric Flair. You know, Arne Anderson, who's the best, Double A. Um. Anyway, and so growing up, I watched just a lot of wrestling. My brother Billy and I, we wrestled all the time. Um, we to the the point where we would, you know, we'd break, we'd break beds and get in trouble for breaking beds because we were wrestling. (laughs) So I mean, you know, I mean, it's just one of those where uh, it was just part of our life. So to have Danny Davis to be able to come on uh, and talk uh, was. Phenomenal for me. Uh, I, I, I don't know what to equate it to. You're really big into uh, comic books, and you're really big into that. Honestly, what would the equivalent be? I, 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 I mean, don't. He's I, not. Uh, and Danny Davis would tell you he's uh, this consistent worker. He's gonna like you heard in the conversation. He is the he is like a protypical person that's gonna show up and do his job. Ask what he can what what more he can do. He's gonna find a way to stick around in that world uh, and uh, and be part of it. And he made a huge impact. Uh, he wasn't the greatest star of all time, uh, but he's he's there. I mean, anyone that knows about wrestling in the 80s and 90s knows the name Dangerous Danny Davis, knows Danny Davis, it definitely knows the evil referee stuff because later in the uh, late 90s, they did this the, the Hebner brothers, these two twins, uh, and they did uh, the evil referee. One was bad, one was good, and one was working against Stone Cold Steve Austin at one point, if I remember right, with we the angle which is a, it's not really a rip-off because WWF, it's the same company. But Like, that idea was, you know, um, they reused that idea later on based on what they did with Danny. So, anyway.
3: Uh, uh, for me, one of the most exciting parts of the interview was when he was talking about what it's like to be on the villain side of things. And that's, that's something that I didn't really fully understand before I got into wrestling. And when I say I'm into wrestling, I I watch the pay-per-views with you, but um, like, you had to explain to me like that there are good guys and bad guys in wrestling. I, I didn't know that until we were, we started watching it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he's a he's a bad guy. He's a good guy. Well, I didn't know that there was such a thing. I thought it was just like you like this wrestler or another. It's this competition, equal and, competition. And the the idea of an evil referee was something I didn't was new to me before we started talking yeah. to Danny. Like, I, it was interesting to. <laughs> hear him talk about how he's been on some other radio shows, and they were taking callers, and the caller would come in and be like, "I hated you, I hated you <laughs> every time Hi. I watched you on on screen." He's like, "Well, that's that's good. Yep. That's, that's I was doing my job. If that's what you right. want, if you felt that way." So, yep. um, I don't know. I, there's nothing really quite like that. Um, I mean, what what could you equate like a, a like a live villain to in in any other kind of media?
0: Well, I mean, the only other time they had the referee scandal in the NBA a while back. Um, uh NBA uh what's the referee's name? Is it Donahue uh I'm going to get it wrong. Donahue? Donahue? Anyway, um and he had been taking bets and allegedly fixing games. So the but, equivalent in real life would be that. But that's not I mean that's totally different cuz he's, he's not
3: playing a character at that point like he really is. <laughs> yeah, he was really doing a bad it. dude. <laughs>
0: uh I mean it would be it would be the equivalent of uh I don't know, like a shady shady character in any tv show pretty ingenious really and it it was so much fun to watch you know uh i I did and you heard me talk about this when we were talking to danny and i am i try to be as respectful to the wrestling world as i can because it's like they have their own vernacular and then they have their own wordage and verbiage and just because of the way podcasts are now and wrestling is now and it's very out in the open that it's a uh it's choreographed action rick flair would say that that it's it's choreographed it's not fake it's it's choreographed and it's a yeah there's some predetermination in it but it's a show like anything else but it's choreographed well back in the day it was real and but it was it was treated as real but so but they have this saying and, and again wrestling term here heat is when someone gets the crowd hating them after mm-hmm. them and the interest in it was had actual real heat. And so, like he would go to town ta- and go town to town, and in between, he might go into a restaurant, and people want to yeah. beat him up. Yeah, yeah.
3: And, um, and, and a lot of those people didn't know, like they were they were um, bought into the the lies, so so to speak, so much that they really truly wanted to beat him up because they thought that that was his real persona when he was just playing the character. Well,
0: right. and and just how people treat, uh, you know, that that local yokel persona, like people that buy into it and they feel like. Uh, you know, wrestling fans must be total morons or whatever. Yeah. Uh, when, when, so and, you, and it's like it, nothing can be further from the truth. You, know?
3: you, you and I went back and watched the WrestleMania three footage from when he actually wrestled with the Hart Foundation mm-hmm. uh, in that show, and yeah. uh, when they announced his name, Dangerous Danny Davis, and he took off the jacket, whatever, and the, and the crowd's reacting. Uh, yeah, the crowd is just straight booing him. I mean, just yeah. like absolutely, like he, thro- probably throwing stuff at the ring. He you know? um, he
0: he came in and interrupted a Hulk Hogan match, uh, uh, and and messed the the finish and not messed the finish up but but did a did a, a quick one two three count uh, i think it was paul Orndorf. um and uh and it's like if you mess with hulk hogan like fans of of him are absolutely going to uh are absolutely going to i mean they're going to be very upset with you <laughs> and so he just cooked it up that way which is pretty awesome So yeah i love it man um I just—it uh, was really cool that he was willing to come on. He's got a a, a book coming out, and um, let me pull up pull up the information for everyone so I can uh, say it again. He, uh, Danny, uh, talked about it on uh, when we when we interviewed him. I just wanted to kind of go over kind of what we were what we were talking about. But
3: yeah, no, I think this book is out now. I mean, as you hear this, as you're listening to this, it should be out. Um, he's definitely pushing it at uh, WrestleCon if you're going to be there. This this coming Friday?
0: Is yes. It? Uh, it's this coming week. Uh, Dangerous Danny Davis. Uh, is. You go to com. It is available, by the way, on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, and so if you can go to Amazon and get it, DangerousDannyDavis, uh, .com. uh The book, uh, if you want to talk or hear a little bit more of that, uh, we'll go to book info here on the website. And uh, that's him talking right there. Forget about it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you kidding me? You're kidding me? That was my favorite. Um anyway, uh book info is all all there uh on 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 the website. And uh anyway. Pretty cool. Uh
3: it's kind of his autobiography, right? Like his growing up. It even talks about him like growing up on the streets and stuff like that. Um so yeah, I, I think it's a a very interesting story to uh
0: the book is Mr. X, the life story of dangerous Danny Davis. And also Uh, Danny Davis is going to be at WrestleCon in New Orleans, which, by the way, I don't know. If there were going to be a WrestleMania that I would really want to go to, it would be the one in New Orleans. You and I took a trip to New Orleans with the wives a a few years ago for New Year's. Mm -hmm. Great trip. Yeah. Sponsored by Hotel Monteleone. That's right. For a great stay in the French Quarter. And the Carousel Bar. And the Carousel Bar. (laughs) In Hotel (laughs) Montaleo. Anyway, uh, there you go. Free plug for Hotel Montelio. Really nice place.
3: We know Er Ernest Hemingway.
0: Yeah, he was there. (laughs) Uh, He wrote all his books here, or at least (laughs) sat here one time. Anyway, WrestleCon is going to be in New Orleans. The Big Easy was what people call New Orleans. Sure. Um, Here are the people. A few people. I don't want to say all of them because everyone. Name the wrestling person there. Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, the Rock and Roll Express, uh, Sting, Ric Flair, uh, DDP, he's the guy that does the yoga, DDP yoga, um, and everybody, basically. Ted DiBiase, saw Ted DiBiase, Scott Bryant and I, saw Ted DiBiase, I'm not lying when I say this, at the Casey's in Mount Vernon, Missouri. That's awesome. Um, probably about f- five months ago, he was there, maybe four months ago, he was there for an event in Aurora. Oh, really? At a church in Aurora, and there he was. Oh, I was and, thinking and, he was and just passing and I, through I yelled... Ted, you're awesome, man. And he gave us a thumbs up. Yeah. (laughs) This is good journalism on my part. Uh, The Steiner (laughs) brothers are going to be there. Uh, And just a list of millions. Stone Cold, Steve Austin, Goldberg, Jerry Lawler, Kenny Omega. Everybody. Um, Like we said, Dangerous Danny Davis is there. Also, uh, a person that supplied us with a, a horrible movie moment on the show. Colt Cabana is also going to be at WrestleCon. Yeah. Uh, go to WrestleCon's website, WrestleCon.com. Check it out. Nikolai Volkov's going to be there. And many, many, many others. Eric Bischoff. Um. Anyway, that's pretty cool. So Dangerous Danny Davis came on the show. We were so excited. So glad he was there. Check out his book. Check him out at WrestleCon. Brutus Barber Beefcake's also there. Uh, Kenny Casanova. Other people. Alright. Jim Ross. So many other people. <laughs> I mean, just it's going to be a great time. Bruce Pritchard. It's, uh, it's still scrolling. Still scrolling. Hoggy Talk, man. I mean, yeah, it's, it's going to be a great, great show. Ernest Cat Miller, and the list goes on. Jim Duggan, who, by the way, we met. You and I met, or I did. Met Jim Duggan at MegaCon in <laughs> Lebanon. That was a great trip. Billy Gunn, he'll be there. Bushwhacker Luke is there as well. Anyway. There you go. Honky
3: Tonk Man is a guy that Danny talked about on the yep. interview. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, I wonder if he's going to be sitting next to like Bret Hart. I bet Andy. he'll be
0: near Brutus Bore Beefcake. Uh, and uh, who's my other guy that, that was on there? Anyway, uh, they're they're part of the same little consortia, little group. Yeah. Uh, and anyway, there you go. Cool. Boom, Shaka shakalaka. Uh, and Jim Duggan too, part of that same. There's John Cena Sr., by the way. That's John Cena's dad so many questions uh, was Bob he Harley. involved in wrestling I guess now he is because his kids I, I don't know it's huh. weird uh, so long story short there it is folks we have on our show a segment called the song of the week we usually do this at the beginning of the show but now we'll do it well and here. just because of the way our interview with Danny Davis worked out um, we'll we'll do it here we may you know we, we may do two weeks in a row of, of this song of the week because Spoken is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, Spoken is a band that we have known about for a long time, but they've got an album out. Uh, It's called Nine, but that's the Roman numeral I and X for nine. Uh, They have a song sent to us uh, by their management and uh, by their label, and uh, I just want to tell you about this song. It's called This Is Not The End, Uh, and it's pretty stinking phenomenal. Uh, would you like, let me tell you something real quick about the band. Uh, I know this because we have, I've seen Spoken play several times and actually, the old Eighth Plague that we were in, the old Eighth Plague band that Big Andy and Joey and Ross were in, uh, played with Spoken a couple times. But Spoken has played with many bigger, many people that are much bigger. Oh, don't sell yourself short. I know, I know Eighth Plague seems like a big band, but Spoken is a much bigger band. Uh, ten Years, Volbeat, which Volbeat, Kicking, uh, Skillet, Demon Hunter, Love and Death, and Red. Uh, their album, Nine, uh, it's pretty big. Pretty big deal. You need to check it out. Uh, lead singer of this band uh, has a great, great range. I'm talking phenomenal, phenomenal range. So, anyway, Very exciting. Uh, You got that song ready to roll? Yeah. Okay. Here it is. The song of the week. The band is Spoken. The song is This Is Not The End off the album 9. That's the Roman numeral 9. Here it is. Spoken. This Is Not The End. right that's spoken this is not the end Uh, if you want to connect with them online uh twitter at spoken official that's their twitter handle uh on the old facebook it's just at spoken uh you can go to their website spokenmusic.com get called kinds of music and they're on itunes and spotify and everywhere else that uh song was called this is not the end but this is the end I see what you did there. Yeah, pretty good play on words. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, We're so glad. Danny Davis was awesome. Spoken is awesome. I'm telling you, I think we're just going to bring Spoken back next week and uh, do them as two-week-in-a-row Song of the Week. Might try to get another song out of them and uh, totally rock and roll and do it to it. Uh, Thanks, Phil. See you all soon. Bye-bye. Woo!